The Grand Army of the Gondolarian Empire needs you. We are looking for fit, strong men and women to serve as frontline foot soldiers and cannon fodder. Be slaughtered for the glory of the Empire. While your sacrifice will never be acknowledged, you'll die horribly knowing that the idle whims of your illustrious masters have been served. Sign up before Friday for a 2% discount on your mandatory uniform. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ has ever. It's absolutely fantastic to be here. How are you, Peter? I'm good. I'm good. I'm wearing my loudest shirt in an effort to uh, is that, cheer myself. Oh, that's up. the shirt that I mistook for a dungeon map once, isn't yes, it? Yes, that is the yes. shirt you mistook for a dungeon map. I'll just yes. hold it up here. Not so much so that you can see it, but because so our guest can see it. <laughs> it's a very nice yeah. shirt, it is too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Uh, it's absolutely lovely. Um, talking of guests, yes. maybe maybe we should introduce our guest. What do you think? I don't know. We could just not podcast. say and see 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 if the uh, see if the uh, just can figure out who it is. I, I don't know if a cloak of anonymity is quite the right thing to do for a news podcast. <laughs> All right, you twisted my arm. Okay, <laughs> we'll do it the traditional way. Damn it! All right. Then. Um, so yeah, so our guest is um, uh, John Hodgson, who used to be the art director at Cubicle Seven, and now is the head honcho over at Handiwork Games. And John is coming on to talk all about his D and D five E powered Beowulf setting, which is which is on Kickstarter at the moment. I'm kidding it, I might add. Doing all right. Yeah. It's doing all right. You're doing really well. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Thank you very much for having me on. It's very kind oh, of you. You are most yeah. welcome. Right, before we get on to that, though, shall we do some news? If only there had been some news this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's been so quiet. I know. I don't even know where to start. There's so much of it. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, normally... Do you want to start big or do you want to start small? uh, I think we should do a couple of small pieces. I mean, normally, just just in case John is somehow unaware, because like maybe, just maybe they're not a devoted listener. Um, normally, Impossible. I have no clue about any news that's going on, except like unless it's really massive. Whereas, I feel relatively well informed this week, which is like <laughs> you know, it's a good, it's a good week to be on. It's a good week to be on. Yeah. So, so. all right, let's start small and build yeah. up to the big yeah, news, and go. that means all the listeners have to wait for the bit they're <laughs> the bit they're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll happen. Maybe there's just maybe your perception of small is just wrong. Let's see those. Um, I suppose so. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, uh, I mean, none of it's really small. I mean, uh, mm. the, right. So we're going to start with Call of Cthulhu. I mean, that's not small. Mm. That's, that's mm. quite big. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that's decent. Yeah. Word of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Chaosium have announced um, what I'd like to call a, a bistury, and they mm-hmm. like to call a Marius Monstrorum. The Hammer of Monsters. Or Hammer it of is, Monster. uh, it's, it's, It looks rather gorgeous, actually. It's two. Oh. Hardcover books awesome. in a slipcase, mm. uh, and it's uh, it's for Call of Cthulhu Seventh Edition, mm. uh, and it's just crammed full of um, monsters and gorgeous art and 
Uh, I mean, I've got some uh, preview pages here, like Star Spawn of Cthulhu and uh, The King in Yellow and uh, Shogoth, Venomous Spiders. It is a, a lovely, lovely looking book. They are doing Fantastic. some beautiful looking stuff lately. Just, uh, yeah. My, well, I mean, Mike and Lee, a lot of it's it? really going to be more useful for Pulp Cthulhu or something, because if you show that to like just regular Cthulhu investigators, they'll be like, oh, that's nice. Oh, I thought my fancy roll. <laughs> oh, GG, everyone. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> what are we playing next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can. Uh, it's coming out in October, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the PDF is available now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PDF is thirty nine ninety nine. It's not cheap. I suppose it's two right books. Yet. Two books. Yeah, yeah. It's two uh, big hardcover books. Four hundred and eighty pages. Oh, there's a lot of pages. I mean, wow, that that's big. I mean, mm. yeah. Uh, right. The hardcover slipcase set is eighty nine ninety nine. That's uh, in dollars. That's okay. not real money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get a special edition for one hundred and ninety nine ninety nine. Agree, precisely. Are you you a fan of Cthulhu? Played yeah, the yeah. Do you know, mm. I worked on loads of Cthulhu stuff when. Um, oh, nice. When I was working at Cubicle 7, we were licensed, so what mm. are you know, fairly oh, prominent course, yeah. licensed. Oh, did you do that thing to do with the laundry RPG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, yeah, we did laundry yeah. and um, the oh, London box game? set. That was good. And, yeah, nice. All the World War Cthulhu stuff. That was all very cool. Yeah, yeah. We had some good times. Of course. But it sort of dates it because that was all like black and white artwork and stuff, which kind of mm. not many people do that kind of stuff anymore. But it is not going usually, back no, a not unless you're trying to be kind of um, old school. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah. But can we call it retro role playing instead of old school role playing? Well, they call it they call it old school role playing themselves. The whole movement is. I, I know, but <laughs> it means I have to sort of take it seriously. Can we just call it retro now? I I call it whatever Sorry. you want, Peter. Okay. You may call it anything you wish. Okay. Oh, thank you. Sorry. People, <laughs> this is Peter's email address. <laughs> <laughs> Bother him, not That's me. Morris.podcast at you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) so uh, since you were just mentioning uh, Cubicle 7 sticking with Cubicle 7 there for a second Warhammer Age of Sigma Soulbound Shadows in the Mist so A I'm really impressed by the number of this this cascading series of subtitles on this product that's (laughs) like the brand names that's very Age of Sigma isn't it Age of Sigma Age of Sigma colon Soulbound colon Shadows in the Mist Can we do that? Can we have so many colons? Well, actually, there's technically going to be another colon because this is oh. a adventure anthology. It's got six adventures in it. So each of those adventures, okay. you're going to put a colon and name the adventure after that as well. So it's... Okay, well, let's call it volume one, for God's sake. Yeah, I think. <laughs> um, well, uh, Cubicle Seven's posted the cover art, yes. or the, the cover for it, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's gorgeous. It's got this giant tree person with a giant bow uh, oh. with a big glowing arrow someone with a, uh, a very impressive hat oh. uh, I, I must express admiration for the hat a dog with a beak a man with a hammer and a lady in gold armour with a sword and shield see not not a big Age of Sigma fan then Russ I take it from those descriptions huh. uh, well it's not so much I'm not a big I just don't know that much about oh, okay, it yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, do, do, do you recognise these yeah, characters? Yeah, gosh. Go I was just then. looking around you, you, to see if I've... See you, if you, I've got... you tell us about it then. Um, 
how ironic that I should end up <laughs> promoting Cubicle <laughs> 7 stuff. Um, I was just looking just out talk, because... You don't have to. We're just so, talking about it. No, I'm just looking to see if I've got... Because um, I've got boxes and boxes of Age of Sigma stuff back from when I was working at Cubicle 7 and tons of reference, but I think it's all up the loft now. Oh, I've, what, got, what? I've got Age of Sigma Season of War Firestorm is visible. So, yeah, it's, it's part of Sigma is that there's... There's a lot of titles, but actually it's quite clever because it, it sort of narrows down, you know, from big to small. So, you know, you know, it's mm. Warhammer, there's Age of Sigmar and, and, you know, and it, it, the faction books and so on sort of narrow in, in from large to small. So you mm. can figure out what it is. So I think that's part of the, the shtick, you know. Um, have, you, have you got this cover in front of you? I haven't. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's like some sort of mad dryad slash Enton steroids with a, <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely some sort of doom bow. It's, is basically said, oh, ballistas, that's all very right. I'll just take the uh, just take the cross piece and use that with some sort of must be six to eight foot long magical arrow. Of course, in the background, you've got a dwarven uh, hot air balloonist. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's not a hairdryer. It does look say, like the a art, hairdryer. The art does make it look like a hairdryer, but it's a hairdryer of doom, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, yeah, you've got like. Well, how of did little... he get his beard like that without, uh, without a hairdryer? We shall never know. I can only assume copious amounts of wax, but wax and blow drying is the way forward. Yeah, and you've got all sorts. The proper soul bound at the front. Yeah, what what do you what do you reckon, John? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, um, so Kernoth Hunter. Yeah, Kernoth Hunter is the guy with the bow. So they're the sort of tree right. people, and then yeah, soul bound like you know Sigma right person. You've got a Griff Hound there, who's the uh, shiny gold armor. Yes, part Griffin, part Hound. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who that is on the right there, but that's but probably that is, that is a heck of a hat, isn't it? That, yeah, is, that is an a big old hat. hat. Hey, uh, you remember Mr. James Intracasso, who was on our podcast last week? Didn't we have uh, James Mendez Hodes on our podcast? Oh, last the week, week before last week, was it? Yes. James yes. Intracasso, yes. Uh, so uh, he is the lead designer on a new RPG. Uh huh. Which is being made by Roll Twenty, yes, and it's designed specifically oh. from the ground up to be played on Roll Twenty. So you can't you can't buy the book, you can't download the PDF and play yeah. it. Home. You have to oh. play it on Roll Twenty. Oh, that's interesting. And this is called Burn Bright, hmm. and that's bright with a Y. Interesting. I'll let you guess which letter is the Y. The B. <laughs> <laughs> Burn White. Oh no, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so this thing, it launches on July the 7th, uh-huh. and basically it features characters, and they're living on a spaceship in the last galaxy in the universe, Ooh. and there's this um, fire called the Burn Ooh. surrounding uh-huh. the galaxy and closing uh-huh. in on it and eating up Ooh. planets and star systems as it does so, so the galaxy is slowly getting engulfed. Like yes. Fortnite. Yes, so it's Fortnite, the role-playing game. Yeah. <laughs> in space. In space. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, hmm. I, it's, it's quite expensive, forty nine ninety nine for the Roll20. Hmm. And as I said, it's just, just on Roll20. Um, hmm. there's, there's some information about the core mechanics. So it's a skill-based system, hmm. and there's 18 skills. Hmm. And each of those skills has a die type associated with it. So it'll be a D4, a D6, a D12, whatever. Okay, so a bit Savage Worldsy there, yeah. Uh, and uh, what you do is each task, a task has a complexity, which is the number of dice you have to roll. And in a twist, the more dice you have to roll, the worse. So say you've got a complexity three task, you right. have to roll three dice. Right. If it's a complexity five task, you'd have to roll six 
five D six or whatever. And the yeah. idea is Lower to avoid. Better? Yeah, the idea is to avoid rolling doubles. Oh, 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 oh. oh. So oh. you succeed unless you roll doubles, in which case you fail. So the oh. more dice you roll, and the lower your die type, the more oh. likely you are to roll doubles. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because the probabilities mm. on that stuff gets really complicated. But the great thing is mm. you've got the platform is there to help you with that. Mm. Yes. But I yeah. would need some help to visualize those probabilities, which hopefully they will do. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't instant, like, so if I'm rolling two, two to dice to get doubles versus three dice. Yeah, you're not, you're not really. Mm. And, and that would depend on which those dice dice were as well yeah no. but i mean yeah. that might totally play to the platform strength do you know what i mean yeah i hope yeah you, know, you one would hope or think or predict that yeah. it will do so because yeah. otherwise well, what i know what you mean if someone tells you you have to roll 15 or more on a d20 you pretty much yeah intuitively know yeah. about one or four times yeah yeah but if yeah. someone says um you're rolling um five d fours right and you've got to avoid rolling doubles. Have you got any intuitive or instinctive sense? I of- think that would be quite hard to succeed mm. with D fours. So, so the D twelves, it would be five D twelves. I feel a lot more confident. Mm. The lower the, um, the faces, the lower the number of faces on the die, the more likely you are to get doubles. Right? Is yeah. that right? Or is that yeah. fake yeah. probability? No, no, that's true. That's true, isn't no, it? D fours. No, right, yeah. Yeah. If you visualise the like. I don't know how you do it. The, the options uh, that could come up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the good news is I've, I've asked James Intracaso if he'd like to come back on and good. talk all about it with us. Ask him some sometime tough in, questions. Sometime in the next month Look, or two. If you've got 5d4, you're guaranteed failure. Because right. you, you, you must roll yes, a double. Yes, you're right, actually. Yeah, no, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I can't roll good up to four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's embarrassing it took us this long to work out. Yeah, yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah. I can hear my own cogs uh, turning. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, if it's first thing in the morning, it'd be okay. But it's like, yeah, half two in the afternoon. Come on, people, let's let's focus. We can do this the <laughs> way. Yeah, we do. Well, that's, well, well anyway, James Intercaster is going to come back on and he's going to tell us all about it, so he can explain oh, it a bit more. Explain it too. like so, sometime in the next few weeks. Yeah, we'll to hear more about the set. Sounds like an interesting setting. Mm-hmm. I look forward to hearing more about it. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Uh, right, right. Next, next, next. Uh, which legend? Let's go, Gamma, Gamma Game Manufacturers Association. Peter's favourite topic. <laughs> I, I I think it's a wonderful idea. It's just like every time we talk about them on the podcast, well, they've done some something good news awful. This time, really. So they've just oh, held fantastic. their annual elections. Okay. And yes, the vice president is now yes. none other than Mister yes. Chris Spivey of Dark no. Studios. Is it? Hmm. Sweet. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, oh, they've also got uh, Gary Alaka. Um, from know. Gap Closer Games as the treasurer, mm-hmm. and two directors at large, Jeff Pinsker and Julie Ahern. Ooh, nice, cool, cool. cool. And like they're, they're they're getting themselves set up to uh, embrace all the money that comes with having lots of diversity in your customer base. Well, talking talking of money, yes. they reported their financial results, and they lost one hundred thousand dollars in twenty nineteen. Which sounds bad, but okay. it was planned but, expenditure. Oh, uh, they didn't lose it then. They, they, uh, they yeah. But, oof. And but still, uh, uh, they actually expected to lose two hundred thousand dollars last year. Okay. So in <laughs> in a way, they made a hundred thousand, I suppose. 
do we do we criticize their financial projections for being wrong <laughs> <laughs> or do we celebrate the okay, fact they're wrong in the right so direction what, what i'm hearing what i'm hearing is congratulations to gamma for the hundred thousand dollar savings they made on their project yes Yes. Yes, I think that's the best yeah. way to go. I think, uh, I, think that's, I think that's what we should go with. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and guys, like five five D fours, you're gonna get a double. Yeah, that is. <laughs> We're continuing our math numerate today. Today, I think. Yeah. Um, the, 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 you know, Origins Game Fair and Origins Online have both been cancelled this year now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, they expect to lose twice that amount this year. Oof. That's going to be tough, isn't it? If you're relying on money raisers, yeah, you know, if you're relying on that kind of income, you're expecting to do some kind of big event, even if it's online, and then you get nothing. That's going to be tough. But also, they said um, with with the um, the the kerfuffle last week Mm. that um, for every dollar that a uh, a cancelled attendee or exhibitor donated to one of six um, six charities, they would match it dollar for dollar. And that mm-hmm. could come to about a hundred grand just on its own, mm-hmm. which is a lot of money. It is. Mm. Oh. Where the Is it yeah. like subscription based or something? Yeah, so it's mm. like thirty dollars if you're a uh, just a, a, you're a gamer, and then it's mm-hmm. if you're a publisher or a manufacturer, it's I don't know mm. what it is. It's like a hundred dollars or something, or maybe a bit more, yeah, yeah. but it's, okay. it's more. Yeah, yeah. I keep, yeah I but, keep... but really, they 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 sort of had to do this at that point because just to retain any sort of credibility uh, to speak for the community has leaders. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the election happens every year. So it wasn't, it oh, wasn't yeah, in yeah. response to anything. It no, was, no, it was no the election wasn't, but the charity donations. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, I think, like, it's a really positive sign that they've got such a diversity of talent and people are standing there. Mm. And certainly, like, you know, Chris, there's no games, so, yeah. It's like nice to so see role-playing games represented. Hmm. Uh, right then, video games. Oh yes, D and D video games. Yes, two D and D video games. <laughs> you know, I was doing yesterday. What were you doing? I was playing Celesta. It That's was the one I was going to start with. Oi, yes. Do you know what I wasn't doing yesterday? What weren't you doing? Were you <laughs> working Celesta. yesterday? And you oh, know man, why I wasn't sucks. playing Celesta? Because because you have a proper job. <laughs> because I have a Mac. So I oh, can't. oh no! Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, most technically, playing Celesta would be work for you, wouldn't it? Oh. So, so, so currently there's a Steam, a Steam um, summer demo. festival going on. Yes, and as part of that, you can download the demo for Celesta just for a, a period of time, not for long. Yes, uh, if you have a PC, if you have a Mac, you're out of luck. Um, so I can't, I can't tell you what it's like. You can tell me though. What's it like, Peter? Oh, it's really good. You'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> you need two buttons though on your mouse, right? You know. <laughs> I've got a Mac, to be clear. I'm talking to you now on a Mac. That's how I know, you know. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I didn't really see the need for two buttons, to be fair. Uh, no, it's, a, it's it's actually a really smooth implementation. I quite liked it. There's a character creator, which lets you make various um, things which are quite similar to the stuff in the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. But I think they've sort of got their own world that they're playing because they've got like things like marsh halflings and different sorts of dwarves and so forth. But, you know, it's pretty pretty similar to core D&D. I felt the implementation that I saw was very smooth. They've got readied actions. It seemed good. They've got um, the ability to shove for distance or to knock prone. Um, I must say, I did actually get my fighter 
to push a couple of orcs off a um, off like a ledge so that mm. they would fall to their deaths. Uh, this uh, is all which, that verticality stuff that they've been talking it, about. The, the verticality, it's a proper 3D battle environment, which mm. I'm I'm absolutely loving. i got to be honest. I mean, I would... I'm, I'm hoping that they can put something like a roper in there or something, just so you can have like a stalactite come to life and have tentacles drop mm. down on you. So you go like, ah, oh, no, kill it, kill it. Uh, and, so, yeah, how, like, so how close to D&D is it? Really close, yeah. really close. It's like they've dealt with movement points quite happily, but like you basically get six movement points or something as like little things, but they're basically like little blue squares that tick down as you move around. Mm. Like the only, like the only thing I am a bit of an error about is the implementation of stealth. It seemed a bit too good, and mm. a rogue is one of the main characters in it, and there was no option to hide. Right. You could dis- disengage or dash, but currently they don't seem to have hide implemented, so getting advantage was quite tricky. Right. But I remember, of course, actually what I could do is I just have someone stand next to it, and then blam, that's my sneak attack damage right there. I think was- that might be a feature that's just not in there yet, because this is Yeah, yeah, early. no, it's, 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 it's an alpha. Like, mm. this is, like, super early demo. Um, you can't use your characters that you create, for instance, to play the demo. You can only use the pre-generated party. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a very positive experience i found there was lots of interesting tactical choices and dealing with like giant spiders coming out the ceiling at you was like hmm, hmm, yes okay this is fun i like sure. this well Baldur's gate three was Ooh. also previewed yesterday yes. last night yes. in fact yes um about two hours worth of gameplay i think it was i caught about half an hour of it mm-hmm. just before um the big D live stream product announcement last night yeah can I, can I ask, who was the guy playing it? Uh, one of the developers, I, I assume. Oh, uh, okay, good, good. I'm glad it's not one of the Wizards of the Coast team. Because uh, <laughs> they, they seem to have an embarrassing lack of knowledge about like you know, what they could expect from their D&D characters. Like, oh, I've missed. I'm like, yeah, welcome to D&D. Missing is, <laughs> missing is a big part of the experience. Hmm. You do well, this a lot. <laughs> I did notice there was quite a lot of verticality in that, too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's uh, using the Divinity Original Sin, which is a very good choice. Mm. I mean, quite frankly, if you like Fifth Dead, you are going to be in for a very good time, because mm. it's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, between that and Celasta, those two yeah. games, yeah, and they both look incredible, don't they? They both look absolutely mint, to be, mm. to be quite honest. I mean, the exploration in Celasta... I actually might like it based on the demo that I played through more than I liked the original Sin engine for like the Baldur's Gate three. Mm. That, but I really like exploration. That, that, sorry, sorry, John. Just so you know, that right. that is my thing. Right. I love exploration in RPGs and uh-huh. specifically Fifth D and D, and trying and like going around and you could push pillars over to make yourself like a little bridge to get across stuff, and you could push blocks onto walks as well. It's like <laughs> nice. Oh. nice. Yeah, there's, there's like so much stuff that you can have in the game. And it's like, that's really good. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the graphic design and like go- goblins shooting fire arrows. I was a bit surprised by some of the salty language from the NPCs. Mm. Um, like, I mean, it's like, it's not, it's, it's not PG-13, I would have thought. They definitely use some strong words. Right, okay. I, yeah. I didn't notice in a little bit that I saw. Yeah. I, 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 I must have missed the fun bit then. I tend to watch YouTube videos at 1.75 times speed because uh, otherwise it just takes forever. 
I thought skipping through it. So, well, so everybody's talking really fast and in a high voice. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, that, is it something you've had a look at, uh, John? It is not, no, because I'm stuck on a PS4. So, owning a Mac, you see, no games <laughs> okay. for me. No, I keep quite a strong division between, I keep games off my work computer so that I can't play mm. games instead mm. of working. Let's, let's move on and talk about some Starfinder quickly, shall we? Oh, yes. What's, what's that from Starfinder? Starfinder. Uh, so they, in July, there mm-hmm. is going to be a playtest opportunity mm-hmm. for two new uh, rules. One is Ooh. a brand new class called mm-hmm. the Nanosite. Mm. And the other is the ability to pilot giant mechs. Oh, Ooh, that's dangerous. Yeah. So the Nanosite yeah. is kind of powered by nanites. Mm-hmm. Like um, the yeah. nanosite's body's just got loads and loads of nanites in it, and yeah, it yeah. gives them it gives them superpowers basically. Okay. It gives them yeah, strength yeah. or transforms them into tools or mm-hmm. you know all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I see where that's going. That's that's quite nice. So it's sort of a bit like potentially a bit like the Mystic, which was an Earth Arcana from um, Fifth Ed. Mm. Yeah, but giant Max. That's very interesting. I should also note that the humble bundle is doing a bundle at the moment, which includes Starfinder core rules. Mm. So that's around about the 20... I mean, it's, it's got Starfinder core rules and a whole bunch of stuff that I don't really know what it is. But, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. It's $25, so, yeah. Well, this mech stuff, so <laughs> obviously it's going to be quite a big power-up compared to your average Starfinder character. Yeah, that's why you get the bigger monsters out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It uses the same basic tactical rules uh-huh. that you, that you use in Starfinder. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got a system that lets you customize your mechs with the frames and the armaments and mm. the power cores and all that, all, all that, all that fun stuff, yeah. all that battle techy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that's it. Um, it sounds like an amazing application. Mm. And certainly, it, doing it with a D20 based system has a lot of uh, potential. Mm. Um, I mean, what, what, what about you, John? What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's, it's funnily enough. I was just thinking it's something we've been messing around in uh, for five E with um, Helena Stika. So it's, I mean, not sci-fi, but but big mm-hmm. bronze mechs, and it's an interesting power mm. differential stuff. Is always very yeah. interesting to do. But I think you could have great sort of campaign stuff with that, and doing that sort of split level of scale. If you can get it right, I think it could be really, really exciting. Mm. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, right, I think we're about to go into some of the really, really big news now. Oh no! Uh, before we do oh. that, um, <laughs> well, this, this is actually big news. This is big news. This is big news. Uh, okay, okay. Owner and um, head honcho of Paizo. Yes. Lisa Stevens yes. has announced that she's stepping back from her duties oh. in anticipation of retiring in the next few years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jeff Alvarez, he's mm-hmm. currently the chief operating officer. He's going to take yeah. over as president. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's basically the sort of day-to-day regular operations of the company. Mm-hmm. While um, Lisa Stevens is going to be doing some of the, you know, more, yeah. more long-term strategic planning. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but that's that's for only for a few years, uh, mm. and uh, Alvarez will be taking over that role as well in a few mm. years' time before she retires. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, best of luck to Alvarez. He's got some big shoes to fill. I mean, yeah, oh, she's like one of those incredibly successful. 
yeah, she's like one of those people who is just awe inspiring. She's just uh-huh. like 20 years ago when she founded, uh-huh. or 18 years ago, whatever it was, when she founded Paizo, uh-huh. she'd already achieved more in <laughs> RPGs yeah. than like 10 times more in RPGs than I've achieved now, 20 years later. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, uh, she's incredible. She's really, you know, someone to, someone to look up to. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, it'd be fant- fascinating to if uh, they were thinking about doing a mentoring scheme or something, because that would be, you know, um, I can help, help helping people develop within the uh, games industry. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah. I, 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 from the sounds of it, it's like she's more looking forward to retiring. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> but, 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 but but I gotta say, you don't you don't just like create your own publishing house with like what two, three, three successful. Uh, I only know of three successful lines of games that they produce. There may be more. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and hordes and hordes of splat books um, without, like, you know, being a certain sort of fairly driven personality. So they've, mm. got, they've got something going on. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, especially 20 years ago in role-playing, very hard to get a start. Uh, and, yeah. Got it's ama- it's so. amazing, isn't it, when you think back that Paizo mm. used to produce Dungeon & Dragon magazine. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's, oh, that's quite, yeah. that was quite a big deal in itself. Because I, I started working for them on, was it Dungeon oh. or Dragon that I first illustrated for? I can't remember which one it was. It must have yeah, been yeah. Dragon. And that was when it was, you know, the D&D magazine. And yes, then, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, to, to survive that huge change and then go on to make Pathfinder is incredible, mm. really, isn't it? I mean, exactly mm. what you're saying, Russ. You know, wow, that takes some resilience, doesn't it? I mean, there was, there was one point for about three years where they actually overtook yeah. D&D. As yeah, being yeah. the number one RPG on the planet. Oh, quite yeah. amazing. That's true. Always loved, was... always loved working with Pies. They're really nice people to work for. Really oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, every interaction I've always had with them, whether it's at a convention or, you know. Yeah. And, and they, they any, keep... any interaction. They're always really, really, really nice. And they yeah. do keep retweeting the podcast. And quite frankly, I, <laughs> I have a lot of time for people to do that. It's like, oh. <laughs> They don't have to. They don't have yeah, to say, oh, true. these guys have been just a podcast. You should listen to them. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's really kind. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, do you remember that giant book of cyberpunk battle mats? Which one? Um, <laughs> there's a lot of books of battle mats. <laughs> Those, the, the, battle big, mats. the big, the giant book that was like... It, is this from Loki? Yeah, again? yeah. Oh, Which okay, opens yeah, out yeah. flat. Yeah. The really, yeah, really yeah. big one. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so they they sent me uh, a copy of it like a few months ago, and didn't didn't you get one as well? Me? No, no. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I I I I buy I bought my own book of battle maps because mm. uh, they're really nice. Uh, yeah, but they they, they well, don't send me through. Well, they've got the yeah. fantasy one, and they got the future one, the sci-fi one. Mm. This is the cyberpunk one. Nice. Uh, so that's, that's quite hard to find as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know well it is saying. because it's because it's uh, literally just been released. Mm. Uh, so where are we? Yeah, so they released the big book of cyberpunk battle mats in a spiral-bound lay-flat book, mm, and that's mm. kind of designed for Shadowrun and cyberpunk, and you can use it with mm-hmm. Judge Dredd as well, yeah. um, and stuff. Um, and also, there's the smaller version, which is the gi- uh, the, uh, the larger version, which is the giant book. Mm. Yeah, which so is good. yeah, which basically, when you open that out, it takes up half your table. It's massive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're both due out in July. Mm, nice. Well, I should, should, should look forward to them. Mm. Well, then, let's, let's get on to the really big news now, shall we? Well, there's two really oh. big newses. 
They're two equally big newses. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, I mean... Which like, equally big news would you like to start with? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the really big one. It's three kobolds in a trench coat. Okay, then. So... The stat block is out there. It's real. It's happening. This is not a drill. Okay, so we'll start with Icewind Dale. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ryan yeah. I, of I, the Frost I, oh, <laughs> well, I suppose that is important to that. That's probably some much needed context. But yeah, I'm, I'm focused on the really big news, which is three kobolds <laughs> in the trench coat. <laughs> well, what, what, so what happened was last yeah. night, our time, yeah. I think it was midday or something in the US, yeah. I'm not sure, uh, Wizards of the Coast big live stream announcement event launched. Yes. And the two presenters, um, they were uh, Anna Prosser and uh, Mika or Micah Burton. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with the lockdown and everything, it was all done from their own homes. And yeah, everyone yeah. was doing it via Zoom, Zoom conferences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and they confirmed that the September D&D adventure is indeed mm-hmm. Icewind yes. Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, which Ooh. we already knew. Um, yeah. Although they did Got go me. out of their way to say that this was the first time anybody had heard the title. <laughs> anybody apart from the entire internet, I suppose. <laughs> if you don't count the entire internet, yeah, they're probably right. Oh, bless. <laughs> His first time the title was officially announced. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, they also said that was the first time they'd seen the cover. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm just checking <laughs> that, you see, because I'm thinking, oh, that's one's really nice cover. But it is a lovely, lovely but, cover. Yeah, that it, is really nice. But I'm sure I, I saw I it sooner like than it's very you know, evocative. Mm. I'm sure I'd seen it a bit a bit a little while ago. So so it is as expected, set in Icewind Dale. Uh, it's a horror adventure. Yeah. Which I which I wasn't quite expecting. And the themes are kind of isolation and secrecy. Yes. And it's for yes. levels one to twelve. Mm-hmm. There's a crap load of artwork which is uh which has been put out there and it's uh all very blue. Yes. <laughs> lots of blue, lots of white. Yeah. But, I mean... Well, it's, it's cold, though, it's isn't it? Be, <laughs> yeah. So, it's cold so, and mountainous, yeah. yeah. So it's going it's to be, be really good. Yeah, so it's going to be a 320-page book. Oof. It's got a poster map. Nice. Levels 1 to 12, as uh, as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. So the the main antagonist, Aurel, who's, yes. who's a god, and Chris Perkins, who's one uh, of go- the... Go- goddess of Frost and Ice. Yeah. And Chris Perkins... The Frost Maiden. There we go. Yes. Sorry. Yes, the Frost Maiden. Um, says that she's very much like Hela from Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Makes sense. Uh, and she also has multiple stat blocks, depending mm. on the form she's taking. Mm. Sounds reasonable. Avatar, she's assuming. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the book, in fact, has over 50 stat blocks. Oof. That's a lot of stat blocks. That is a lot of stat blocks. Um, it's got lots and lots of quests, each of which is like a That's little right. mini adventure. And you can sort of slice them up and just play these like mini adventures piecemeal. So what I'm hearing is buy this book, steal the bits that you like, and then if you don't want to do the whole plot, you don't have to. Yeah, but you can yeah. play through this sort of horror, epic horror story oh. as well if you want. Damn. Okay. No. Well, this obviously means that I've got, now got to find someone to run it for me, so I'll guess it on that. <laughs> well, you're, you're a fan of exploration and wilderness stuff. So yeah. the environment itself, they're, yes. they're, they're characterizing the environment itself as a villain in this. That's right. It's uh, like really hostile environment. Yeah, it's so got cold blizzards, first. Yeah. Got avalanches. Yeah, constant threat um, of survival rules. Yeah. Uh, fishing rules. 
Sweet. No, yeah. Just uh, do that. I mean, for ages, couldn't you? <laughs> for, for, foraging it will be, I imagine, will be a lot more a DC10 track. Mm. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's also a whole bunch of sports and games for the characters to play. Fantastic. I don't know much about those, but one of them is a Goliath sport. I, I imagine it probably involves like hitting blocks of ice at each other. I guess so. I don't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, I mean, or, or, or maybe they just went and had a look at the Highland Games or something. I said, mm. yes. These seems good. We should we should use these because if you're going to get hardy Northmen, then uh, sticking off the Scots is a yeah. strong choice. So, in addition to that, yes. they also announced a dice and accessory set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a set of blue dice. There's a mm-hmm. map and a whole bunch yeah. of cards with NPC stats and monster stats and stuff like that. I'd have to get like some blue gem dice for rolling. Has the dungeon master on that one? Mm. Yeah, just, just so you can have all oh, what's the ice thing. <laughs> um, there's ice also dice. a cookbook, and an official D and D cookbook. Is this related or unrelated to Ramos Frostmate? Well, it's coming out later this year. I think it's general D and D, but they announced it on the stream. Really, it's really, got yeah. things like elven bread in it and stuff. Is that like the menu of the like the Ram at Gen Con? Do you know what I mean? When yeah, yeah, you know, yeah everything. Yeah, well, yeah. all the restaurants in uh, in Indianapolis yeah, yeah. turn yeah, into yeah. sort of ye olde. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have a pint of Fireball, please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't drink a pint of Fireball. That's, <laughs> that's a lot of Fireball. Ah, uh, oh, I'll have a plus one hot dog. Comes <laughs> in pints. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, chili of infinite burning. That sounds ooh, more my sort of thing. Ooh, ow! 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 Yes, you'd, uh, you'd notice that the next morning, wouldn't you? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> well, presumably, infinitely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, that isn't all of the news coming out of Wizards of the Coast about D&D, is it? Incredible. What else have they got coming there out? There is more news. So this is an interesting story. Mm-hmm. So earlier in the week, Jeremy Crawford at Wizards of the Coast started talking mm. on Twitter about um, how the uh, concept of yes. race mm-hmm. was going to be approached in D&D going forward. Mm. Yes. Um, so in sort of recent books, Wildmount and I think Eberron, yes. uh, orcs lost the evil alignment and the intelligence penalty, I believe, didn't they? Yeah, well, it was... I don't think losing... And the alignment per se, it's like they were no longer restricted right, yeah. to being evil and stupid. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, if you want to roleplay an orc as even stupid, that's entirely up to you. Yeah. But it's no longer considered canon yeah, yeah. in those settings. Uh, so uh, the, he also mentioned that the Drow, uh, the Vistani, yes. and many other folk in the game Ooh. were on their radar for the same sort of treatment. Yeah, yeah. Like having a society that made sense for drow would be a good start. Yeah, because it's like you can't you can't. I mean, you know, elves. You can't have lots of elves having lots of kids because then you'd be be up to your neck in elves because they live forever. Well, there is that. Yeah. So, so presumably elves don't have a lot of kids. So having a society that's really takes a long time to breed anything and kills itself just seems like that. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense mm. to me. Yeah, intuitively. Yeah. So, yeah, he talked about it a little bit on Twitter earlier in the week, and a few people yeah. asked him questions, and he answered the questions. Uh, but then later in the week, mm-hmm. I mean, and that that got very, uh, shall I say, heatedly discussed online. 
<laughs> well, okay. I haven't even looked directly at what you're talking about. But you know, don't you? Uh, <laughs> you know what happened. I, I have seen it splash over into Adventurous League, where someone says, oh, can I run Curse of Strahd? And then the nerd rage was, uh, it's just, oh, it, yes, I guess you can run Curse of Strahd, but try and uh, like make it less gypsy stereotype horrible mm. i mean because looking at the things it's like okay this is this is not okay this is i don't know but yeah well uh later in the week in fact it was yesterday no it was wednesday i think wednesday, mm-hmm. wednesday or thursday just before just mm. before this whole icewind dale stuff yeah. um, was announced um they really they made an official announcement about diversity and race in D D. And Ooh. it's uh, it's quite a long thing, so I'm obviously I'm not going to read it out. Um, but yeah. they they said they're doing a few a few things, uh, yeah. a few bullet pointed things that they're planning on doing. Mm-hmm. Orcs and drow will be portrayed as in the future as morally and culturally complex as other peoples. Also, uh, they yes. are reprinting. Well, they they continually reprint books because they have to. <laughs> but um, yeah. uh, as they do so, they're going to correct <laughs> previous yeah. books. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tomb of Annihilation and Curse of Strahd have yeah. uh, already had that treatment and they've had uh, mm. text change which they say was racially insensitive but mm-hmm. uh, Curse of Strahd that would be um, uh, the Vistani and so forth yeah. yeah but do you yeah. know what the thing that really struck me about this whole announcement because oh. it's like a page long announcement it's quite long yeah. not once do they use the word race Good. they use folk they use people and mm-hmm. when Jeremy Crawford was talking on Twitter, um, it was mm-hmm. like a good dozen or so tweets or something. Mm-hmm. Again, not once did he use the word race. He used people, yeah. he used folk and stuff like that. Yeah. So that says to me that what we should expect, and they haven't explicitly said it, it sounds like they're kind of start following in, you know, Pathfinders. They're looking for a um, word that isn't ancestry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when they, it Let's looks get like the thesaurus down. It looks like they're going the with kids? either folk or people. It seems yeah. to be what they're going with, but uh, I don't mm. know. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. But it looks yes. like the word race is is, is going to be is going to be you know shuffled yeah, off. Well, it's not actually off very, to the side. Well, yeah, I mean, it it just doesn't actually make sense because otherwise it implies a much higher degree of like Santhian interbreedability between these distinct species then otherwise makes sense mm, yeah. yeah but I don't know yeah it's, it's an awkward word know, isn't it it's an awkward I, I word fair, I haven't played lots of D&D but I've never seen a ling I've seen an elf I've seen an orc but I've never seen a ling what would be a ling well it'd be presumably what the other half of a halfling is come on Russ Insert tumbleweed sound effect here. I know, right? <laughs> oh. Daryl, please make sure you leave that silence in. <laughs> oh, don't edit that silence out. Wait, 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 wait. Make sure you have my, like, barely refreshed Gafora. <laughs> oh, uh, it, we really should record these for video because it's... Uh... <laughs> no, I enjoyed that moment where... I mean, I don't know about you, Russ, but I was trying really hard to think of things to say that are 
um, sensitive to current, you know, news events and so on. And, mm. and you know, there are mm. there is problems around the word race, you know, in, in the way it's oh, been used historically in d and I haven't figured that. You're busy trying to think up a halfling joke. <laughs> way, but I admire that. That's, like, really good. That's how to live, you know. Very uh, good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's like it's old news that yeah. the, the word race should... Yeah, really needs retiring from RPGs. I'm surprised it's taken them this long to to reach that yeah. conclusion. Uh, to be I mean, well, it, it happens, and you know, change, yeah. change happens slowly, especially with big companies. Yeah, I'm glad that they're making steps in the right direction. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and race is kind of a, a sacred cow for D and D, isn't it? Like hit points mm. and armor class and things like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a shame, isn't it, to yeah. hitch your wagon to that? You know, yeah, you come to the point yeah, where you go, hang they, on, they, they, yeah, they've got that is hard to yeah hard to move without. I mean, look at the backlash they're getting right now just for this, uh, just for saying that they want to be a little more sensitive towards people in their books. Oh, yeah. And the and the amount of anger there is out there. People yeah. don't like Before change, just do they, you know? Uh, change is hard. Change or apparently being nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Like, well, yeah, I don't really understand it. But, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I look at it from the purely selfish point of view that the more people who are playing the role-playing games, the more chance... I might get to play role-playing games mm-hmm. as opposed to having to run them. Right. Uh, um, last piece uh, of news for the day, yes. for the week, yes. is yes. Fungi and Dragons. That sounds awesome. It is a one-page adventure. <laughs> is it by you? It is by me. Nice. Uh, it's on my Patreon, and okay. in it, the players, or the characters, rather, mm-hmm. contract uh, a parasitic fungal madness. Oh, uh, and they have days to cure themselves, and there's only one cure. Death. Right? No spell will do it. Nothing right, will right. do it. There's only one way you can do it. A green yeah. dragon has to breathe on you with its Go with its poison breath. And basically, you have to, you have to let it. So the adventure involves you going up, finding a green dragon, getting into a fight with it, and letting it breathe on you. Well, that's 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 certainly a strategy. Yeah, something, something, fun guy to be with. Just get that. Just get that in. Uh, I I appreciate your effort. There just wasn't much room to uh, get that joke in there. Ouch! That was actually painful. Something chanterelle. (laughs) (laughs) Just name mushrooms. Edit this sentence into a joke. Oh. Yeah, I, I think you got it right on the button. But, um, yeah. Ooh, I, like, I hate an you old people. chestnut. I hate you people. There you go. There you go. This oh, podcast yeah, is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't just mean oh. today, I mean forever. <laughs> yeah. You see, Rust doesn't like it when he can't think of puns to join mm. in. <laughs> oh. Right. We've done the yeah, news. I can't think of any more. I can't think of any more. We've done Trying the news. Them. Let's move on. It's over. Move on, people. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. It is now time to play our favourite game in all the world. <laughs> you don't have to play that game. So who's going to be Dungeon Master? <laughs> the other game. Um, oh, what? oh, sorry. Wait, no, no, different one. Sorry, the one we've done the podcast, right? Sorry, focus. Yes. John, you're um, familiar with the game, I believe? Uh, yeah, I've listened to a couple of instances of the game being played. Marvellous. Fantastic. So who would like to go yes. first? Well, you have to say the proper title first, so yeah, we can also have the rules the, recap. Uh, well, the, the title does get sung 
before we... <laughs> there is a theme tune to it, but our favourite game in all the world. Our favourite game in all the world. Yes. <laughs> the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you guess what it is from just the name. And then the Wait. highly complex scoring algorithm and spreadsheet determines how well you do. <laughs> right then, who, who would like to go first anyway? Uh, would you like to go first or shall I? You go first, Peter, so I can, you know... Okay, Peter. Right. So you can see the mistakes of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can learn to get a bit of an inside track on, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. What is... Did we do this last week? Maximum Apocalypse. I don't think we did it last week. Because um, that sounds metal as hell. Okay. Maximum Apocalypse. Unless... Well, I don't know. Um, it's got Apocalypse in, and not World, but that might just be a cunning red herring. I'm hoping Maximum Apocalypse is a big compilation of like absolutely tons of set settings for Powered by the Apocalypse. So he's just got like an all the variant rules into one big collector's compendium. Um, just avoiding like having a little thing, just having a little thin rules book or something. He says you've got like a really big full on hardback, um, and it's a change from like the indie style stuff. So you've got like, you know, just all the rules. All the different things, all the settings, um, any variants, all in one easy-to-use volume. Hmm. Uh, that's what I'd be hoping for, Maximum Apocalypse. Um, well, actually, I wouldn't be hoping for that. That's what I think it is. What I would like is for it to be, again, a compendium, but like just going through, like I don't know, the 12 most popular ways to end the world. Well, what this is, is based on an acclaimed board game, it's oh. a core rulebook for an original RPG system. Wow, okay. You take on the roles of survivors of one of many apocalypses. Apocalypse, right. apocalypse, apocalypses. Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, apocalypse. <laughs> 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 Ooh, uh, <laughs> and you adventure across the ravaged wasteland trying to survive the many dangers, scavenge, crafting, zombies, robots. There you go. Sounds right, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah, sounds excellent. Yeah, uh, it's, it's doing pretty well. It's done twenty thousand dollars of its ten thousand dollar goal with a week to go, and nice. it will cost you fifty eight dollars hmm. for the three books in PDF, hmm. and then okay. presumably but it's three books. For, yeah, yeah. That's under twenty dollars a book, so that's yeah. pretty yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Right then, right then, John, what no, is? John. Beowulf, Age of Heroes. <laughs> it's a yeah. never heard of it. Never, like everyone else, never heard of it. What is it? <laughs> Sounds rubbish. <laughs> no, I can't give you that. What, That's what, not what's, what, what's Beowulf? Uh, what's Beowulf? Beast Slayer. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, no, modern uh, Mythos and Machine. I've heard of that. Oh, see, I wanted one that I'd never heard of so I could make up something wildly inappropriate. Oh. Um, well, Mythos and Machine. Hang on, then. See, now I've got to actually use my memory to try and figure out what it is. I well, just go make it something. It's got to be a licensed Call of Cthulhu <laughs> setting. Setting for Call of Cthulhu. I'm making this up now, by the way. Um, I'm never <laughs> going to remember what it was. So it's a licensed setting for Call of Cthulhu. It's, could you please remind me of the title? Just while I'm... Modern Mythos <laughs> and Machine. Yeah, so cy cyberpunk, near future cyberpunk setting for uh, Call of Cthulhu, uh, featuring rules for cyberware 
and uh, they've adapted the sanity rules to include sort of disassociative states from having too much cyberware augmentation. I think that's what that is. Hmm. It's not at all, is it? No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a range of figures for, <laughs> for Tokyo Pop. Yeah. <laughs> this is a stock art project. Oh, oh. that's why I've heard of it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a modern sci-fi and Lovecraftian themes. Oh, okay. Oh, food wasn't too far off. 75 yeah, yeah. to 100 stock illustrations. I thought it was going to be a game, not mm. some stock art. I know, it was a bit of a cheat now, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I do feel slightly guilty, though. Good I should have just, give, I should have just given it. you Beowulf instead, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably get a less accurate answer. <laughs> well, we'll, come, we'll come to that. <laughs> well, the, m- most of this week's... Uh, looking at um, Egg Embry's column, as I always do, most of this hmm. uh, week's um, entries on there, are, there are some good ones, but unfortunately I've mentioned them in previous podcasts because they look so interesting. That. So there's things like Alice oh. is Missing. Which I mentioned yes. recently, the text message game. Yeah, mm. See, it's good enough that I actually remember it. Yeah, that, that is fantastic. There's boss battles and final encounters, and obviously we yeah, had, actually had someone talk about yeah. this on the podcast. So I couldn't do so, that yeah. one either. Then there's Beowulf: Age of Heroes, <laughs> mm. but obviously yes. that's John's own project, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> so that was the problem with this week. It was just <laughs> there were the only two left. We already had all the good spots. <laughs> yeah. No, we haven't had all the good spots on because yeah, you yeah, yeah. sound like some of the good ones that we've got left. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, the, and there was also the Legend Law RPG setting. We've also mentioned that on the podcast before as well. So, and that'd be a, a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, the title yeah. for that one yeah. is, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's a good thing. Yeah, good. More yeah. of that, please. <laughs> yeah. So, I think I could have to declare that a draw. This new game is amazing. You can literally play anything you can think of. Psychic dinosaurs, samurai robots, pirate werewolves, anything you can imagine. I can't wait to see what characters you come up with. Mm, I think I'll play a dwarf fighter. Okay, you you do play a lot of dwarf fighters. This is your opportunity to spread your wings, dive headlong out of your comfort zone and play something plucked from the limitless reaches of your imagination. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll I'll stick with the dwarf fighter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You did play a dwarf fighter in the last campaign and and the one before that. How about a ghost detective, like a detective that's actually a ghost or a detective that's a ghost that hunts down ghosts and solves crimes? Or you could be... An alchemical astronaut. Uh, I like dwarves. No, I, I think I'll play a dwarf fighter and uh, give him an axe. Uh, a dwarf fighter with an axe? Okay. Uh, that's like quite similar to your last character, Derek, the axe-wielding dwarf fighter. Well, don't forget the character I played in that Pyramids of the Sandy Dunes of Sand campaign. Uh, true, true. How can I forget Beric, the axe-wielding dwarf fighter? Or when we played Descent into the Infinite Multitudes. Ah, yes, Merrick, the axe-wielding dwarf fighter. I remember him well. Hard to forget, really. Yeah, so, yeah, so this character... The dwarf fighter that wields axes. Uh, yes, this guy, uh, I'm going to call him... I wait for bated breath. Eric. Eric, the axe-wielding dwarf fighter. Yeah, Eric. I like the sound of that. He wears a steel helm, and he, yeah, he hates elves. Really? That's a shocker. Uh, he's, he's gruff. You don't say. Uh, but with a heart of gold. Right, right. Where do you get your ideas? I don't know. They just come to me. 
Zayatetonis, Eric, the gruff, elf-hating, axe-wielding dwarf fighter. Yep. Right, so what are the others playing? Well, we have an alien super spy, a talking car, and a sentient fungus. Plus you, Eric, the axe-wielding dwarf fighter. Excellent. Right. I do wish that Jenny wouldn't insist on playing talking cars all the time. It's getting a bit tedious, don't you think? Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers yes. get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for, uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. I got a couple of uh, couple of things arrived today. Look. Hello, your editor Daryl here. At this point, Russ pulls out a proof copy of the upcoming EN Publishing book, Mythological Figures and Maleficent Monsters, coming to Kickstarter on June thirtieth. Oh, look at that! Very oh, nice. First ever yeah, copy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First Ooh, ever one. That's an, it's amazing, isn't it? That I still get very yeah. excited when I see new things. Yeah. Proof Ooh, copy. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. And guess. I meant to point this one out to you, uh, John, because... It's got Beowulf in it, I know, I've seen it. There he is. I've seen it. There he is. Yeah. Has it got Grendel it's, too? It's an older Beowulf, but that's Beowulf. Yeah. Oh, very good. And yeah, yeah, we've got Grendel so, in there too. Where is he? G- nice. G- nice. G- for Grendel. Won't this gazelle one. <laughs> Easter Bunny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll have to have a Grendel off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that we're actually. That's quite interesting. We don't actually currently no. have a sort of actual straight up Grendel in our vestry, which is kind of interesting. Oh, there we go. We've got Grendel. Oh, and we got Beowulf. We don't have Grendel's mum. Yeah, we'll save that for the season. Yeah. Oh, I mean monsters nowadays. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, one has his arm cut off. There's mum. His actual mum came around and complained. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a brilliant story. It's like, you can so tell in the original story, you know, the original part that it's sort of, wait, it's not over yet. There's more. <laughs> Thinking on his feet or her feet, the storyteller, yeah. you know, goes, wait, oh, what well, could it be? For, for yeah. the very, very few people out there, there must be some out there who do not know who or what a Beowulf is. Shall we, shall we quickly summarise uh, what, what, what this is? So this is for D&D 5th edition. 
It is for fifth edition, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, you can't say D and D, but I can. I can't say that <laughs> word. You can. <laughs> you might say that. I'm not going <laughs> to. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so, Beowulf is obviously one of the oldest. Um, is it the oldest? Well, definitely one of the well, oldest examples of a sort of European. It's the oldest example in Norse. Yeah, it's the first yeah. written. First written yeah. one yeah. that we got a. I mean, it's a, you know, it's in in English in inverted commas because old English sort of isn't yeah. really you know English Before is stretching the linguistic it. shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, yeah very... So, so Beowulf is this uh, this chap who, uh, well, the, sh- the, the very short version of the story, I guess. Correct me if I'm mm. if I get any of it mm. wrong. So, King Mead Hall well, having lots of parties, having a good old time with all his with his um, courtiers and um, warriors and stuff. And Grendel is a monster who lives yeah. in a cave. A bit, yeah. a bit off, and uh, has hypersensitive hearing, and the Ooh. noise from the mead hall bothers Grendel. Mm. Grendel goes insane yeah. with rage, heads along to the mead hall, yeah. kills everybody because Grendel's yeah. like this giant troll-like reaction monster really. yeah. thing, um, and just like rips everything to shreds. Uh, so the king asks Beowulf to help out. So Beowulf mm. pops along, waits for Grendel to come back again. And when Grendel does, um, Beowulf basically almost beats Grendel to death with his bare hands. Yeah, Grendel popped round to Hero, where the king of the Geats was having his um, shindig. shindig. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx, <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> so Be- Beowulf will, like rips Grendel's arm off. Yeah. yeah, practically beats him to death with his own arm, uh, yeah. and then Grendel slinks off. Yeah, and then uh, runs home crying to his mum. Goes home crying to his mum. And then yeah. Beowulf tracks him down and then meets his mum. Yeah. <laughs> and then has a, has, a, has, a bit, has a bit of an argument with Grendel's mum in a lake. Yeah. One underwater cave. He stuck his arm down the chimney, should he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, someone else would have carry on. We're not, we're not giving it the proper mythic resonance that the original achieves, I think. Yeah. This one we're telling. So, yeah, so, Be- so Beowulf is like one of the biggest epic heroes mm. of European literature, I guess. And yeah. one of the oldest. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So and there's, a, there's a lot you'll recognise in sort of later. Well, it's kind of interesting because it's the real birth of almost fantasy fiction, you could say. Because, you know, later on, mm. um, Beowulf meets a, a dragon, mm. you know, on a mm. hoard of gold and, and a, a dude steals a bit of it and the dragon goes... And interesting, that's one of the first ever dragons as well of that time. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's like the Chinese mm. dragons and there's uh, yeah. that, but of, of sort of European fire-breathing dragony type dragons. Mm. You've got um, the Norse... I keep forgetting the Norse one's name. What's the Norse one's name? Fafnir. Fafnir. And then you've got yes. uh, Beowulf's dragon... Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Tolkien who, uh, when he mm. was he was writing, and he was talking about um, Smog or Schmaug or however He commented on the fact that there are only two real mm-hmm. examples of individual mm. dragons in sort of Western mm. literature, as opposed to as opposed to uh, Chinese literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, different sorts of dragons as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I've got it here. Where's me? Hang on. Where's the Tolkien pile? Oh, oh yeah. No. Yeah, what we got? Yeah, the monsters ah, and the critics. You see, that's that's really really good essay on on Beowulf mm. by Tolkien that really um, changed the way Tolkien was viewed in sort of scholarly pursuits. Mm. That he mm. he sort of recontextualizes it as almost as a, a sort of fantasy story. You know that it's actually mm-hmm. a rip roaring yeah. tale rather than this kind yeah. of boring thing to be. Um, 
learned oh, yeah. by wrote in old English, whereas he's like, no, no, this is a sort of heroic story. Mm. Um, yeah, they, really they, 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 this is like your Saturday night entertainment where you break out the yeah. extra mead. Yeah. Uh, you've got an extra sheep slaughter. And it's like, yeah, that's good to tell. No, if, <laughs> oh, tell us about if, yeah. if, if a man beating a dragon to death with his own hands, with his bare hands, <laughs> isn't, isn't heroic. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, Very good. Well, uh, yeah. Well, it, dep- it depends upon context for us. I mean, it it might be like a they're just a terrible poacher and they're uh, damaging an, inf- an endangered species. Yeah. <laughs> Dragons are an endangered species. Well, they they, they certainly became so in my cobalt. Oh yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, let's talk about this Kickstarter, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. there's oh, yes. lurking about. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, John. Beowulf Age of Heroes. Mm. It's proper name, yes. Yeah, okay, um, it's full time. One of the things I noticed immediately, which made me very excited, was it's for one GM and one player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, ah. is, this is, I mean, we've been working on this. This was supposed to, it started out <laughs> as, let's do a sort of low fantasy mythic 5e mm. setting. Mm. This is about, I don't know, 14 months oh. ago. We thought there's not a lot out there like that. And what mm. what have we got on hand? You know, when I'd set up handiwork games, mm. who's, who's good at what? And between us, we mm. thought we could handle that. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I was trying to remember before the show, when it came up, one player, one GM, because Beowulf is a sort of singular hero and he mm. has a, a, a group of followers mm. within who sort of, they just appear in the poem when they need to mm. and either help yeah. him or kind of don't help him, you know, with some failed <laughs> dice rolls. Yeah. They don't help him. Um, and that's a real key part of the story. And we're saying like, wait a minute, you know, this could be really, really cool. We spoke to a few people who were like, oh yeah, I'd love to help playtest that, but I don't have a group. And you go, you only need one person. Mm. And the sort of, the cogs turning and the, the light dawning in people's faces when they realise, oh, I can just phone my my reliable RPG friend who will show up and you can, you know, you can play a game. And especially now mm. when we're all mm. still a little bit in lockdown, you know, it's really good for that, mm. that stuff. Um, so yeah, we, one play, one GM just really overcomes a load of problems of trying to get your group together. Mm. As we say on the page, it's never going to replace group play. And you can do yeah. group play with Beowulf Age nice. of Heroes. You nice. can do it. There's, there's, there's a big section in the book, or not a big section, a modest section in the book mm. on that. Yeah, yeah. But the primary thrust is one player, one GM, mm. because the yeah, subject yeah. matter is really suited to that. So um, yeah. it's, it's, oh. it's kind of like the general... The, so the setting is sort of around the time of Beowulf. Yeah. Presumably you don't <laughs> play Beowulf. No, you're not. You're not the actual. I mean, you could if you wanted to. Mm. There's no reason why you wouldn't. But but it, I think it's more fun to make up your own character. Right. You know, your own hero. Um, so we came up to to overcome some of the problems of, you know, five E is really well tuned for a party of four. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh. still got that little bit sort of niche protection stuff going on. So we had to overcome yeah. a few things. So we, the primary part of that was the hero class that we came up with mm. um, and that has subclasses for each ability score Right, and that's mm. your sort of start of the kind of hero you want to be is kind of determined by your, your the ability score you base it around I mean yeah, with, with layering up the normal choices you used to in 5e you can make it a little bit less one dimensional than that mm. but it's, it's that's your starting point um, which mm. is some cool stuff um, so yeah no you make your own hero well, one thing that really stands out is, um, and I don't think this is any surprise here, because you were uh, art director over at Cubicle Seven and worked on mm. the One Ring and, yeah. and other stuff. So, um, obviously, the, the the art style I immediately recognise is yours, right? Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's, very, it's very recognisable, and uh, it is really. I mean, I, I really liked it in the One Ring. Mm. It really, it really set the tone. It fitted the the subject matter 
perfectly. Your right. style, yeah. I was a good match for that. For that, and again, I think um, it's the same situation here. Yeah, it's a similar sort of feel. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we very much we reference Beowulf an awful lot when we hmm. were coming up with the look of the One Ring. Hmm. You know, it was very much the back to the roots of, and that's how I became sort of aware of Beowulf through Tolkien's interest in Beowulf. Hmm. Um, yeah, I really feel like we got away with something in the One Ring. We fully anticipated it to be absolutely hated because the movies weren't that long off screen. Right. But mm-hmm. we couldn't do the the license and cover anything to do with the movies, and we had to steer clear of the movies. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, depending certainly, I think what, it made them better though. I think so. Yeah, I yeah, think so. I think it made it a stronger stronger offering. It's yeah. like because it, rather than looking like a cash in, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, I don't yeah, think I'd have is... wanted to see screen grabs. No, it'd be very limited and and you know one of the big hurdles with a a middle i mean this is sort of francesco's bag really to talk about this stuff but um Hmm. one of the big hurdles to overcome is how the finding space to play characters in middle earth is is tricky and i think you would just reinforce the fact the story the main story's already been told Mm. if you use screen grabs and it was legolas you know elves had to end up looking like legolas it's it's the same same thing as star wars isn't it if you're yeah yeah yeah. if you're shots from from the films it can be tough to do so but yeah but it seemed to go down quite well i mean you know it wasn't universally praised but it was pretty we did pretty well you know what the you know our particular fan base has its strong likes and dislikes Mm. and i thought we Mm. completely got away with it (laughs) (laughs) which was amazing yeah i mean i really yeah i really enjoyed working on the journeys are like you know pretty interesting definitely worth looking at so definitely what's your 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 part in this then obviously you you run the company Mm. and i assume you Mm. did a large part of the art, most of it, all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll probably be doing most of the art. Still, some to do. Yeah. I think we're about fifty percent on the artwork, but that's right because I know it's reliable where it's coming from. What about the writing, the rules? Writing, the... yeah, I'm doing a lot of that. I mean, I did something a lot of people don't know. I mean, you know, you build me as art director. I was creative director for a couple of years at, at Cubicle Seven, so I oversaw writing and mm. you know, I oversaw all production. Um, and I wrote a bunch of stuff for the One Ring, Adventures in Middle Earth. So the the adaptation of the journey rules from the One Ring to Adventures in Middle Earth, I wrote those mm-hmm. with my friend Steve. Oh. Um, the introductory adventure to Adventures in Middle Earth, the Eves of Mirkwood, I wrote that. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of fairly well versed in the writing side as well. Mm. I've always designed games. You know, it's always been something I've done alongside everything else. So yeah, um, the other side of the writing is Jacob Rogers, who I. Metal, I've recruited him for Cubicle 7. He he was brilliant on Adventures in Middle-Earth. Uh, David oh, Rea mm. was a, one of our proofers. He always had really great ideas when he was proofing. I don't know if you guys ever get this when you're working on published stuff. So a proof will go, why, doesn't, why isn't it this? Mm. And you go, oh, <laughs> that's a really great idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, you know, sometimes happens where you can get a bit blinkered when you're working on a project mm. and then someone from the outside just comes and gone, yeah, but you're sort of three quarters of the way to yeah. something really good and, and I can come in and just go, it's this. And you go, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, David, David, Jacob and myself have been the sort of core design team on it, um, which has been really good actually. It's taken longer than we thought just because the projects just gained so much scope. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't going to be what it is now, but that's all good. It's good. It's, you know, it's, So can we I dive into quite special. some of the sort of rules side of it for a We should. Um, yeah. I, yeah. The first question I wanted to ask on that front was... Why did you go with D&D 5th edition as opposed to uh, any other system or creating a new one? Or I think what was what was it about 5e that made it work? Initially, I think because we had the team with a lot of 5e experience, I'd really enjoyed working on Adventures in Middle-Earth. Yeah. And it was nice. To, I kind of wanted to have another crack at that as well because that project had very limited time 
to, to create. And there were some things I felt we didn't get to do or I would like to have done again differently. Mm. I don't think we were as aware of 5e when we did that as we are now, mm. a few years down the, down the line. I mean, there's still some like numerical um, modifiers and stuff in, in Adventure in the Middle Earth that, that should really be advantage, disadvantage, that kind of stuff. Um, mm. So it was nice to, to, to revisit it and, and do, do that stuff again. Um, I mean, it's not as very different in, in structure to Adventures in Middle-earth, but it's nice to go back to 5e. I'd enjoyed working with 5e. Mm. I like 5e a lot, actually. Mm. Um, I've had a great time been playing the last couple of years. I've been playing a lot more. I mean, what, what I actually play as 5e would be shocking, I'm sure, to anyone who really plays 5e. We, my personal group tends to fall into the sort of improvisation with occasionally rolling dice but that's that's yeah. fine you know that's yeah, right. it's a valid so, place as as you're having fun exactly like, yeah you know we're, yeah. we're all a bit old and can't be bothered um but <laughs> 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 it will never be recorded you know, will we do it? no let's not you know do you want to do combat now no right this is what happens yeah fine because um, <laughs> nobody like so <laughs> yeah oh, really yeah it's been a Bribes <laughs> and cool things that happen, and I'll I'll go to half hit points. Yeah, yeah. make a few more surprising yeah. jokes. Move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not that's not particularly indicative of what we're doing in Beowulf. You know, we we behave ourselves and we do proper five E. And I mean, this is one of the great things with the tea. With like David's play style is very different. He's very. Um, I don't want to, I'm hesitating because I don't want to describe his playstyle wrongly, if you know what I mean, but he's very sort of challenge focused. He's very focused on the rules mm. as being very, very important, you know, which is, you know, I'm a bit slack about all that. Um, but, but he keeps us right. You know, Jacob's very good as well. Um, I'm, I'm incorrigible in my disregard for the rules. But I just, yeah, I like 5e. 5e has given us a really good platform to work from. Um, I mm. like how the bits fit together. I like that it sort of feels like one of the most streamlined. I'm a big fan of red box D and D, you know, I really love mm. all that stuff. Um, I love doing the, the subclasses by attribute sort of felt quite naughty and, and like <laughs> red box, you know, almost. I love that you, you're an elf and that's yeah. it. That's all you so are. Talking you know, about that, I mean, you, you've got your subclasses based around those attributes. Mm. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about mm. those? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, yeah, very much the starting point is is attributes now i'm going to forget all the different names but like the basically the strength based heroes like a uh, bench breaker mm. they've all got really nice flavorful beowulf yeah. names you know so it, yeah. it sort of embeds the the rulesy stuff gets embedded in language which is obviously really important for for beowulf i i got i got so if i'm playing a bench breaker i expect to be able to pick up a branch mm. hit some with yeah. it and break it over yeah. them like a lot, of, spread out. <laughs> lot of a lot of wrestling and stuff for that you know for, oh, uh, yeah. to reflect so beowulf beowulf the character is definitely a bench breaker mm. he's all about strength you know mm. um and a little bit tricky to convert him entirely because he's good at everything because mm. he's just the hero of the story yeah. but you know he's, he's yeah. as, as close as we can get there's a, there's another thing we're aiming to do and so far is working really well that actually if you're playing like an intelligence-based um riddle reaver that is subclass you should in an ideal world be able to make your way through a beowulf scenario without too much combat at all right. and if there is combat it will generally be your followers that will do the fighting mm. and you're a kind of much more investigative kind of you could be a sort of cad file type hero if you wanted to be that was um yeah. well i've often referenced um odysseus from sean bean's odysseus from the troy mm. movie which obviously is like a bit of a geographic shift odysseus but that's just book clever too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, you know, it's in more intelligence based, and and there's a bit if oh, because we did the I should mention we did the the free scenario, the Hermit Sanctuary, 
um, which is well worth getting if people are listening. It's absolutely free, full mm. length. How long is it? It's about 60 pages. Mm. It's a ridiculously long Oof. piece of work with all these battle maps and everything that some no, idiot, idiot spent ages painting. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that that really gives you a really good indication of, of the sort of the stuff in it. But you could you could play that with hardly fighting at mm. all, which mm. really interests me for people that don't want to just. These subclasses all hinge off a single hero class. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sorry, I'm just waffling about right. other things. That's my job. Yeah. I, I try and steer yeah. the conversation. I mean, <laughs> you try and veer so, off, so, and I try and steer it back. That's how it works. So a few more. Yeah. I mean, this is all it's working out at all. That's why I hate talking to people. Sure? <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> there, was, there was a shiny thing. A shiny thing. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a few more. Um, one of the one of the big things. There's a few more hit points at lower level, mm. basically. For, for the hero class just just to make sure you're not uh, you know just murdered immediately yeah. so, is it, so is that um, hero yeah. instead of yeah, the regular classes or as well as yes yeah instead no. of mm-hmm. the, the, we might have some rumblings around of some other stuff for supplementary material yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure we've got enough to say do a because it'd be interesting to do a sort of wizardy kind of book do you know what I mean like a sort of magic user mm. priesty sort of book as well but I'm I want to be sure we've got enough to do that right um and and at the moment we're uh, we're just concentrating on the sort of more fighty hero type, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, or investigating heroes. Yeah, you know, each of the attributes. Um, yeah, so you're, talk, you're talking sort of fighter rogues. That side, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 that that kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? Oh, as part of the another funny thing, I'm looking at a character sheet now. Um, all heroes have a ship. Everyone gets a ship. And even if you lose your ship, you get another ship because it's like a gift, a gift giving economy in the sort of Anglo-Saxon mm, yes. world. You don't have to worry about if you need oh. a sword, somebody's going to hand you a sword kind of stuff. Mm. There's a lot of that. Yeah, we, yeah. We, you know, this is all described, obviously, in the rules. Um, yeah, and everyone's got a ship so that you can travel to the places that need the hero's help. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's all quite abstracted just like you see in the poem yeah. you know you're, you're, um, you're really focused on like the heroics of the thing yeah, rather, than yeah. rather than the great day survival yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you're not really gonna there's a certain amount you are going to manage followers i'm jumping ahead to followers followers is another thing that hero class gets and that's how we've balanced out that you have a single player mm. um the most sort of resource management you're probably going to be doing is managing your followers who expect to be rewarded for their service. And you've got some really fun stuff Mm. that at the end of the adventure, you are of course given gifts by the people you've helped. But then your followers expecting you to divvy them up and they're wanting their like, and and you can end up with disgruntled followers who aren't particularly helpful if they're not very happy at how you've divided the treasure. If you're giving too much to basically each follower has a list of gifts and a list of burdens. Um, and you need mm-hmm. to reward the more gifted they are, the more reward they'll expect. Right. But if you've got followers who have got too many gifts and you've got other followers, just sort of spear holding followers that are just noobs. Yeah. If you, if, yeah, if the pay differential is mm. too great, then you're in trouble. Uh-huh. So if you've got one super duper follower, he's going to make all your other followers right. really expensive. So these followers are not just actually give, NPCs with stats. Naked favoritism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are not NPCs with right. stats. They do not have oh. a stat block. Yeah. Um, they have just a list of gifts that they can do. They're more like spells, actually, is the closest thing. That when you choose mm. that it's time for one of your followers to step in and do a thing, they do the thing. Uh, and and right, it, it can yeah. be a whole, there's a huge variety of stuff. They might give you yeah. advantage on, on a blow because they sort of support you. You know, They mm. run in with their shield or what have you, um, or they throw yeah. their spear. And there's a, there's a few different things they will do in common. Um, all mm. followers can... Yeah, yeah. 
pretty much all followers can. Uh, rescue the hero is a big thing. If you get knocked mm. unconscious, your followers will pull you out right, and yeah. sort of do a fighting yeah. retreat, and then you roll death saves for all of them, see which ones died in the attempt, which is brutal but great. Does that kind of tie into this? They have skulls and bards and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so you have like, all sorts it, of, yeah, You basically yeah. got someone to come and hype you up to yeah, the king. exactly right, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just, just like, declaim yeah. all your, yeah. Oh, this guy is so great. Like, he's the best. Like, yeah, this yes. is, he's killed <laughs> dragons, he's killed monsters there was one time i saw him take down a narwhal and he just yeah. nutted that oh that sort of thing no yeah, that's yeah, yeah. and then and then yeah. you then you know and subsequently you will get advantage on your sort of introduction to the to the king oh, or, or whatever you know and, and there's yeah. huge scope for for developing your followers and stuff is really cool mm. I mean, that was probably the single hardest bit in development was getting followers right mm. and we had a lot of arguments about that but i think mm. we're there you know in terms of i think everyone's happy I notice you've got uh, a new condition in the game mm. called the defeated yeah. condition which yeah. which basically means you don't necessarily have to whack a bag of hit points until it reaches zero that's right you can de- exactly you can right. defeat it before that point <laughs> Um, so yeah. <laughs> how, how, how does that one work? It, now, I have to... This is a sort of disclaimer. The, the, the 5e rules al- already cover this to a sort of fuzzy degree. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the GM can say that, you know, that, that being on zero hit points doesn't necessarily mean you're dead mm. or even critically wounded. A monster on zero mm. hit points can be just sort of broken. But it's a, little, it's a wee bit fuzzy, isn't it? It's not quite, you know... It's a tricky one, that. Something we wanted to put in was was... This all ties together with, with the structure of adventures. The, the big monsters, your Grendel-style monsters, mm. are immune to the defeated condition, and they usually have about 5 million hit points. Right. So you're not going to be able to beat them just by running up to them unless you found out how to make them subject to defeated so that they can be defeated. Now, the mm. defeated condition expresses itself in mm. different ways. Um, at a much lower level, say a group of just normal kind of, um, you know, seed reavers or have you that maybe attack you. Mm-hmm. If, say, you break a couple of their shields, they mm-hmm. may be subject to yeah. the defeated condition. So right. that they're quite cowardly. Yeah. You know, if one of them dies, the whole group are subject to defeated because... It, 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 if someone's, like, throwing around enough axe power yeah. to break a couple of shields, it's like, you, say, you suddenly realise you've got an important appointment somewhere over yes, there. exactly. Really urgent. Sorry, uh, sorry, we mistook you for yeah. someone else. <laughs> and that feels quite, you know, sort of mythic, yeah. heroic kind of, mm. you know, you can, a single hero can defeat a group of, of enemies yeah. with sort of flashy, uh, you know, bravado yeah. on, on, on the battlefield. And, and again, it lets mm. you have, say, intelligence heroes that could inflict the defeated condition with, Ooh. like, you know, riddling words mm. and that kind of stuff. And it opens up a little bit that, that winning a combat is not necessarily about as you say russ you know just whacking the meat bag till the hit points all fall mm. out um not that that's a bit of an unkind characterization <laughs> of fighting um but it just lets us do some other stuff it lets us cut fights short you know in in as need be um and it lets these uber monsters that you'll meet at the end of every scenario mm. um be really you know quite dangerous unless you've got the unless you've answered the mystery of how they are to be defeated um which is all tied is, up is giant is giant monsters a fairly common theme Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty much, we've we've gone for a real um, solid structure to each Beowulf adventure that we've written to date, and we, you know, we totally recommend this for our for our external writers who we're unlocking on the campaign at the moment. That, that there's basically a series of phases. This is pretty much three three acts to to any Beowulf adventure, and the final act is always a confrontation with the big monster, mm. and you hope you have unlocked what how it is to be how it can be defeated. Mm. 
Um, for some heroes, just, just wallop it enough. You know, if you once you're at high enough level, you can play it that That's way. That's certainly how Beowulf does it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there's a whole sort of that. You know, with with Grendel, he decides to strip off his armor and fight him barehanded. Mm. Is the way that the you know that, that God will look favorably on his actions if he does mm. that. Um, which we don't quite fully understand in the translation of the poem where that comes from, but it's what Beowulf decides no to do. Um, yeah, I don't know why Beowulf, um, Grendel, you is like, sort of put off by naked armor. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really awkward, man. Put your clothes back on. But, but it would, it would, it would be honourable. It wouldn't, like, yeah, it yeah, wouldn't yeah, be yeah. worthy of bragging exactly. about if exactly. you take if you stab an, an armed troll to death. Yeah, but like, yeah, if you, if you go man over man, it's like it's saying, yeah. Well, he's already been a bit dissed, hasn't he, Beowulf, by the other, you know, the, the, the various people in the meat mm. or not various people, but, you know, the, his, his honour has been called into question, so he's kind of showing off. Mm. But, yeah, yeah. Loads of, loads of good stuff. Yeah. So is uh, Beowulf himself an actual NPC in the book, or is he... Is he just left as he's a not, background? He could element? be. He could be. He's not appeared so far, but we could, we could put him in. I mean, the, the kind of setting is is uh, hundreds and hundreds of kingdoms all around the sort of the North mm. Sea, the Baltic Sea. Yeah. And, and we're not, we're sort of arguing about this at the moment. K- um, kingdoms is a very grand word. For yeah, the sort for of these little fiefdoms. Yeah, it's basically yes. a hall and outlying farms. Yes. And, yeah. you know, and, and some of them are on big trade routes and a bit more prosperous. And, you know, they've got a sort of shipyard and stuff like that. Others are just like little backward kingdoms. Mm. I'm right. I'm but, writing a scenario at the moment. It's basically based on King Leo, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's I, just, you know. I, I do. I do quite like that because, I mean, for a significant period of Northern European history, mm. like if you turned up with eighty men, that was an army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah, is yeah. coming more and more to the fore. And historically, that these the big battles are like pretty tiny. Yeah. There's little skirmishes. Oh, it was huge. We had like hundred yeah, guys on um, that side, eighty in the other. Mm. Four. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Finsborough fag- fragment, which is one of my, you know, it's, it's, it's the other contemporary original bit of writing yeah. around Beowulf. That is very much about. Um, the big defensive feature of the sort of hall that's being attacked in the poem is, is like a door. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. like there's a door and it's hard to get the men Whoa. through the door. So one oh. dude with an axe stood in a door is quite hard to kill because you've got to get through him, you know, and you, yeah, stick your head through the door. And he, yeah. Well, um, we weren't expecting to stand in the door. That was, that was yeah. just unexpected. Well, yeah, what, can yeah. well, how can, what can we do against these tactics? Guys, we need a plumbing sash. <laughs> the door's closed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of interesting stuff, you know, all of that. And yeah, I mean, we, we reflect all that stuff. One, another really nice thing about duet play with just one play and one GM, mm. you can put stuff on. Weird for, for people that know me will find it's quite weird that, that mm. we've made some of the weapons a little bit more complicated than they would be in 5e mm. because you've just got one player. So you've got a winged yeah. spear that if it rolls a certain yeah. way, it can pull a shield and, and you know, Ooh, yeah. um, that's okay in duet play because you're not watching the fighter who's got that, mm. you know, go, oh, shall I do this? Shall I do that? You know, like, oh, come on. Can you just roll to hit? You don't have yeah. that. You're not waiting mm. for another player's go to end so you can have your go. It's always your go. Mm. Which yeah. is really, you know, which is really, really cool. And you can do a little bit more tactical stuff because it's not boring for the other players. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can, you yeah. can focus a bit more on the granularity of the individual yeah, weapons. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. We've, we've really boosted AC from shields and then mm. getting rid of opponent's shields is really important, which we feel reflects sort mm. of Anglo-Saxon warfare. Yeah. That's it's, it's a big yeah. deal. So you've got a bit right? of tactical element it in the combat that... Yeah, yeah, which kind of surprised me because, yeah, like I was saying, I'm sort of rubbish at, at playing that way. <laughs> but actually, when we were designing it, it's like, oh, this is really groovy. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've got room to do that because, as you said, with one player, <laughs> what you end up is more having 
duel rules, really. Rules right, for yeah, duels yeah. rather than yeah. rules for skirmish combat, which is what oh, D&D's kind of set yeah. up for. Yeah, and you get... I mean, we deploy followers again. Followers can tie up opponents. Mm. Do you know, like, in the old, like, Robin Hood films, like an Errol Flynn Robin Hood film, in the background there would be extras sort of... Yes, clashing yeah. swords that's sort of how I see followers in Beowulf <laughs> they sort of keep some of your opponents are sort of off yeah. just in the background yeah. until yeah. you're ready to fight them so your followers can kind of tie up they're opponents they're just hitting each other's swords while making no yeah, exactly. apparent attempt to hit the person <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well to be fair that's not entirely weird or wrong because yeah, like, a lot yeah. of time people are like I don't want to fight these people. Yeah, I might get hurt. Yeah, this is a historical <laughs> okay. truth, isn't it? Yeah, how much fighting actually happened in big battles? Mm. Not yeah. as much it's, as perhaps it, you would think. It, it's, it's generally like some absolute head cases who are like, yeah. "I've got an axe, they've got heads." Yeah, yeah, and that f- performs yeah. a, an important social function of letting those people just murder each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, it, on you go. It definitely doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> you nutters all fight each other, right? And the rest of us all just be here ready. Yeah. Oh, they're all dead. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, good stuff. Let's jump back yeah. to the Kickstarter anyway, because that's what yeah. we're here to talk about. Um, I think we've covered what, what Beowulf is and what the, what the game is. Mm. Let's talk about the Kickstarter mm. itself. What, 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 what do you get mm. for your, for your hard-earned so what you, money? So I'm just, I'm opening up the page now because I want to see what, where we're at. 11 days to go. How terrifying is that? Uh, Time and you're at 20,000 pounds. 20,000 pounds. Imagine that. On an 8,000 pound goal. Yeah, I mean, it's doing all right, mm. isn't it? I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's, we're, we're focused on the one book. You know, it is for, for the one mm. book because I just, I won't be able to sleep if we have to provide, you know, 20 books. 20 stretch goals, it yeah. It's no, yeah, it's no yeah. good for me that. Yeah, I mean, on that note. So, yeah, let's get back to the question so the core thing is the book you know there's the, the, mm. the, the, the central sort of setting and rules book for beowulf you can get that as as a the the standard edition or you can get a really fancy deluxe edition which has got mm-hmm. some faux leather effect cover with some foil stamping mm. that's gonna be very very nice mm. then we have got tons and tons of add-ons and we've we've basically focused on doing these add-ons we're not unlocking them as we go because we've done all the work mm. so we've made a little range of miniatures which are really really cool mm. um love those well worth going to the the um campaign page to check those out we've also been working with campaign coins mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. those guys they are so good at what they do so we've got inspiration tokens we've got this compass rose that is absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. what else we've got yeah di- oh our friends are all rolled up of have, have done us and all rolled up and we've got dice trays as well they're great i'm look, obviously i'm just reading these off the page now there's, <laughs> there's loads of mm-hmm. the, the big difference is we've done all the work we literally are ready to roll on all these we just need to know the numbers so like the miniatures are all sculpted yeah, exactly you can how see we the do actual our miniatures on the page well. it's all yeah, it's, going it's, just it's, waiting to yeah. the physical manufacturing yeah. cost is all you're waiting for now yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a fair way to do things if if you know if you can yeah. do it and it means way. a six months a time or a year's time you're not still fulfilling yeah. this old kickstarter when you yeah. when you've got other things you want to be moving on to yeah. I notice you've also got a section about part of a portion of the profits will be not not the whole thing because obviously mm. that would be against Kickstarter's rules. Yeah, portion of profits will be paid to uh, anti-racist causes. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the end, this has to be once the book is done and then being sold. Yeah. You know, you can't. Yeah, we can't kickstart no, for causes. No, um, but yeah, because it's a real shame that certain extremist groups have, have sort of co-opted Norse yeah. imagery, and it's not. Yeah. 
it's not right and it's not fair and it doesn't belong yeah. to them. So Beowulf, is, you've got 11 days to go. Mm. It's on Kickstarter yeah. now. Um, this this podcast mm. goes out tomorrow, so there'll be 10 days to go awesome. when, this, when this podcast goes out. Um, join us. Yeah. We've got a really nice community on Discord. All backers get to join our Discord community, yeah. and it's been great. It's really nerdy. We talk about books and things. Mm. Not films. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to humbly submit yeah, that my own mythological figures and Maleficent Monsters makes a great companion book to your, yeah, well, your Beowulf, because it has yeah, Beowulf yeah, yeah. stats well, in well, it well, and well, Grendel stats in it. Yeah, I bet you but, could but, use a ton of that stuff, yeah. Well, well apparently you've got a Grendel. Uh, got which a Grendel, which apparently, you know, isn't yeah. even in the Beowulf. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, John, thanks so mm. much for coming on. It's been a real oh, pleasure. Thank you. I've enjoyed it yeah. immensely. It's been a good laugh. Good. Very good, thank you. And it's been great. And I cannot wait. I'm actually going to back it right now. Wow! Right now, you're going to be live on air. I say live on air, but this is actually being oh, pre-recorded. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thirty-six I'm quid for the physical book and PDF. Nice. That's what I'm going to have. Do some add-ons and all. You want them tokens? They're good for all games. Check yeah. out my salesmanship. <laughs> Do add-ons. <laughs> Why don't you so get some in Let's have a look. I'm refreshing. I'm interested in seeing how this like works, you know, in real time. Uh, there we go. Yeah, there go. yeah, it's popped up. Ah, so it do, it is super instant. Look at that. We're very close to wow. twenty one thousand pounds now. Mm. Yeah. yeah, where's my wow. book? Where's my book? I backed it. Where's <laughs> my book? Really uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> When's it coming out? When's it coming out? Is it's it not done here yet? yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> happy days. <laughs> oh, when is the estimated delivery? Just out with. Uh, I think we're January. January we did we say January in the end? Yeah. So it'll be a nice little post-Christmas Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have forgotten yeah, forgot I backed it by then, and it'll be a big surprise. Um, yeah. I normally yeah. try and add a great big load of time so we're not too pressured, but um, we shall mm. see, you know, with, with the current corona situation. Mm. You know, things are all a bit up in yeah. the air with... Uh, right, anyway. We don't... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Anyway, yes, anyway, yes, anyway. Anyway. Hey, John, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the podcast. Oh, I very much enjoyed it. Thank you for having me Good. along. Yep. Uh, be sure to come back next time you've got something exciting to talk about. Awesome. I will do. Okay. Well, cool. on that note, it is goodbye from me, Russ. It's goodbye from me, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. And it's goodbye from me, John Hodgson, from www.handiwork.games. I just got this. I just got this message from Lee Donovan on Facebook. So I was just going to Facebook just to call up the sketch script, and uh, oh, he yeah. just said, "I guess that was a good podcast recording because Kickstarter just messaged me to tell me you'd backed Beowulf." Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. <laughs>